Welcome back to the City Stay in True to Yourself podcast. Our goal is to facilitate the necessary discussion of how to stay true to yourself. Our vision is to promote and stimulate thought to restore culture and self-determination. We facilitate discussions to value the self and community through scholarships and creative dialogues. This is a movement that promotes and displays conscious uniqueness and addresses the methods of valuing self and community. We are all individuals, but our experiences and emotions are unique to yourself. Let's join the movement. Follow us on Instagram at S-I-T-T-Y and check out the website to join the movement at www.staytrue2yourself.com. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we have a special guest all the way from the East Coast. Um, without further ado, I would like for them to introduce themselves and then from there we'll proceed with that. They have their own podcast. It's the My Ambition, Your Ambition podcast. It's all available on all platforms. So go check it out and uh, you have the floor. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I love, I love what you're doing. I love the name of the show. It's great. I'm Maya Kai. Um, I am a podcaster like you. I um, used to work in radio as well. So I kind of have an interesting background. I always say I have many career paths. So I'm a licensed therapist, I'm a certified addictions counselor. So I work in private practice. I also work in an emergency room. Um, my podcast is about mental wellness, normalizing the conversation um, because it's everywhere around us all the time. And people don't tend to think about their mental wellness until they're in dire straits. I want people to rethink that. So my podcast in a very lighthearted and fun way kind of dives into kind of how to work on mental wellness in all the domains it stretches out in your life. So that's a little bit about me. I'm a sports enthusiast. I used to work in sports, um, sports talk radio. I have a sports talk app um, that I co-own with someone called the Sports Zone Chicago. So like I said, I wear many hats, but that's I'm always about following passion. So if it's something I want to do, I see why not do it. Awesome. Wow, you got a nice palette of things going on there. That's, that's amazing. That's fantastic. Um, but before we get into, like, you know, the questions that we have for the day, you said you're a big sports fan. So uh, what are, like, your top sports teams so far? Uh, you say you're from Chicago. I mean, I guess you are a Michael Jordan fan? Well, of course. That's, like, a rule of thumb. Oh, um, yes. Ooh, that's, yeah. uh, ooh, it's okay. It's kind of hard not to be a Michael Jordan fan if you're from Chicago. You know, it's it's the one dynasty team that we actually had. That's not fair. The Blackhawks did give us six Stanley Cups. So that's yeah. not true. So outside of, you know, the Bulls and the Blackhawks, everything else is a little bit spotty, so to speak, when you talk about, you know, dynasties. But yes, of course, Michael Jordan. I'm loving the Bulls now. Um, oh, yeah, they're doing great. great. They're doing yes. great. There, there's some struggles, but they're they're a good they're a good young team. So. Um, this has been a long time coming, so I, I am watching the Bulls. I am a baseball enthusiast, and I am a White Sox fan. Not a Cubs? I am not a Cubs fan. I am a White Ooh. Sox fan. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, okay. There, that's the one time thing in Chicago where you get division because we have yeah. baseball teams, like you know, like the Mets and the Yankees kind of thing. It's if you you can't be both, there can only be one. So you have okay. to pick, you have to pick your team. We don't we don't do well with oh I like both. When people say that, you get the side eye. <laughs> <laughs> What would you say, who would you say in terms of like the basketball world since Jordan, who was the other player that kind of gave Chicago that, uh, that name in basketball apart from Jordan? 
Well, of course, Derrick Rose. Oh, I knew he was going to say that. Okay, but that's okay. also because he's a hometown kid. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if he had the same mystique for others, um, but here he's you know a local product of Chicago basketball, which, by the way, Chicago's basketball hi- history is a lot of people came through here. Um, yeah. They just don't realize that. Uh, but there's been a lot of players that have gone on and played in other places. So for Chicagoans, it would be Derrick Rose, and we have Io, who is now um, a rookie on the Bulls um, from, mm-hmm. from Chicago, played at Illinois. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we fall in love when we get our homegrown talent gets to come back home. Who are some of your favorite, like, athletes from Chicago, I guess, that are in professional sports currently? Um, well, one, one player I'd have to put on the table that is beloved in Chicago, um, he's no longer with us, is Walter Payton. Oh, um, You know, okay. one thing about Chicago is we are Bears fans, for better or worse. Um, I, I usually have a side team every year, though, because the Bears disappoint you. So yeah, I, I always that's have... Not, that's not new news. <laughs> right, it's not new. Bad news, Bears. So even though I, I'd like the Bears, I always have a side team that I always uh-huh. I root for every year. But Walter Payton, beloved. Um, okay. You know, definitely somebody that you say that name. I do watch hockey. Um, you know, I, I do like Patrick Kane. He's a talent that we hadn't seen at that level. And we've had some good hockey players come to Chicago. But um, currently, I'd have to say, you know, I'm, I'm liking the Bulls. Mm-hmm. I'm huge. I, the, the Rosen pickup was huge. People didn't get it. I said, this is a good pickup. But people weren't in love with it so they could see what he could do. So he's such a good fit for them. Um, but I, I like the Bulls across the board as a good team. They're, they're, they're easy to like, so to speak. Um, but beyond that, I'm more of a baseball person. Baseball's my love. Um, like I said, I'm a White Sox fan. So pitching is kind of my thing. So, uh, I liked, I hate, we just traded Rodon to the Giants, but two years, 44 million. I'm not going to argue with you about that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get your party. I, you know, they drafted and developed him. So it's kind of hard to watch him go someplace else, but I'm a big Kopech fan. I'm going to tell you, he was not in last year. He chose to opt out and get fully healthy. Um, He's got stuff. So I was a big Chris Sale fan before he got traded to Boston. So mm-hmm. yeah, baseball's my thing. I tend to have a thing for pitchers. I just what's your what, what's your thoughts currently and like what's currently going on between the MLB and the MLB people? Well, they resolved. They resolved it. Um, I knew this was going to be an issue two years ago when this was yeah. going to be on the table. I said this is going to be an issue because there's lots of sticking points with service time being one of those things for for players. So I knew there were some things they're going to hash out, and I knew it wasn't going to be easy. So I'm not surprised that opening day is not March 31st, like it was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, so now they're pushing it back spring training, but the whole thing is we'll be able to get the full season in baseball can't afford it. They couldn't afford another lockout. That's mm-hmm. not going to happen. So I knew they would resolve it. Um, and it took a little bit longer than people probably anticipated, but I wasn't shocked. Mm, okay. Interesting. Um, it's funny that you say uh, some of the famous people, like some of the top no- notable names from Chicago. And I can't forget Dwayne Wade is from Chicago, but he didn't play in Chicago, but he's from Chicago and Isaiah Thomas, too. So those are some uh, some notable names. I'm not really big on baseball, but I'm a big basketball fan. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool. Chicago yeah. does. The Chicago does have a good uh, fan fan base in terms of sports and stuff going on. So that's pretty interesting. You know, yeah, it's a major city, so we get all the sports. You know, I'm not saying they're always managed the way you want your teams to be managed, but yeah, <laughs> um, you know, we 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 love our sports and we have it all, so it's it's a good thing. Would you uh, would you want them to put you in the in the, uh, in the management office to make some moves? <laughs> I could definitely be a GM. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, because that's about making hard decisions. Like you know, the the Bears just uh, got rid of Camille Mack. A lot of people struggled. With oh that. yeah, that was. Yeah, they. I mean, Allen Robinson. When they didn't kind of re up that, I just 
there's pieces to this puzzle, but there's a new regime. They have um, a new general manager and a new head coach. And I'm, I'm liking what they're bringing to the table. We're just going to see how it, how it shakes out. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so let's, uh, so I'm going to ask you like one of the first questions I usually ask when uh, on the city podcast platform, um, you already kind of talked a little bit about yourself. Um, so the next question I kind of want to ask is, can do you uh, have like a, a accomplishment that you value so much, like your biggest accomplishment in life and explain why that is your biggest accomplishment? I know it's funny because I really was like, what is this supposed to be? Because one of the things I've learned in my journey is that it's the little things. Mm-hmm. Um, the successes you have in front of you. We, we tend to not focus on the progress we made and the work we put into things. It's always like the big, like the big, the big one we look at. And I, I really couldn't pull one thing out because generally speaking, when I put my mind to something, I accomplish it. Mm-hmm. You know? So my next big goal is I'm working on my PhD. Okay. I'll get that. And that'll be my next big thing. Um, I amassed the licensures that I needed for my field. You know, so for me, it's kind of, there's nothing like, I feel like this was the thing that made me super proud. Cause I think I've done a lot of things mm-hmm. to be proud about, so I can't pinpoint one. I like to enjoy all my successes. <laughs> okay. That's a, uh, it's a very interesting approach, but uh, first of all, congratulations on all the things you've done and uh, wishing you all the best in terms of you getting your PhD. So keep it up and keep it going. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's Love good. support. It's always good. That's good. Um, in terms of like, you know, the experiences you've had and the journey you've had, why do you feel like you're different from anybody else? One of the things I feel really blessed for, um, you could say, okay, maybe you weren't dealt like the perfect cards in life. I, I came from a single parent home. Um, my parents didn't get married. They met in college, but I still had a good relationship with my father. And he lived abroad when I was growing up. For 13 years, he lived in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. And so I would travel. And... Seeing the world as a young child really changed my perspective. I didn't see things the same way. Um, I could learn to appreciate other peoples and other cultures. And I realized there is enough space in this world for everyone. Yeah. Other people to understand that piece is difficult. And I always work hard to accept people for who they are, even if I feel like I'm not being given that exact same type of, you know, exchange from that person. So because I take things at face value, not working on potential, but face value. I think I'm different about that than most people. People are always looking ahead, but they're not present in the moment. I'm present in the moment. Can you kind of expand on that in terms of what you mean by that, being present in the moment? You know, and I mean, when I say being present in the moment, I mean good and bad. Um, we all make mistakes and we usually want to hightail it out or tuck our tail between our legs and be like, this is so not fair. First of all, rule of thumb, life is not fair. It's the first big lie you're ever told. Yeah. <laughs> There is no equal playing field. So learn how to play the game and work, work at your advantage, your skill sets. Those are the things that, you know, my parents installed in me like, look, hey, everything's not going to be stacked in your favor. So mm-hmm. learn, learn how to use what you have. And if it's something you don't have, figure out how to get it so you can achieve your goals. Yeah. So, you know, I always say I'm present when I make mistakes. I always tell people um, I have Maya-isms on my podcast. And I said, you know what? To- There's something called toxic positivity. Like everything's supposed to have a silver lining. No, everything doesn't always have a silver lining. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're challenged in many different ways. The question is, what do you do with your challenges? What do you do with your mistakes? So I, I, I tell people, you can sit and being angry for a little bit, feel the emotion, feel the anger, you know, feel the sadness. So you can understand why it is it you feel that way. And then you need to pick yourself up and figure out, what should I do different moving forward? Being accountable is huge. 
And being present means being accountable in the moment, whether it's good or bad. We love to be, our successes are great. I'm not saying, you know, wave your mistakes around everybody. Like, look, look what I did. No, I'm saying you had to go do that. Yeah. But if your mistakes involve other people, if you create collateral damage with anybody, emotionally, mentally, financially, I don't care what it is, have the courage to own that. Mm, okay. So I hear that your accountability is a big thing uh, for you. Yes. I mean, and so for uh, for the young, you know, for the young people out there upcoming right now, like in their people who are in your youth or even adults out there who are listening to this, in terms of accountability, um, and on a scale of one to 10, how would you say like accountability is important in terms of, you know, personal development, academic development, career development, and just in general stuff like that? How, how uh, on a scale of one to 10, what would you say it's at? I think it's one of the number one things that kids should be taught. Mm-hmm. Like when you make a mistake, it's okay. Everybody makes mistakes. We, we always make people feel bad about when they make mistakes. But I'm like, you know, they're, they're truly the only thing you can crawl on your own and nobody else wants it. <laughs> it's all yours, you know? It's, it becomes part of the landscape of who you are. So being able to be accountable for the good things just as much as the bad things are important. So, you know, if you're starting out your career, I always tell people, like, you don't necessarily start at the top. You got to work your way up. You know, you got to, you know, acquire the skills. You don't have the same maybe skill set as someone who's been doing it for two years, three years, five years, 10, whatever. So be accountable for doing the best job that you can do. And if you're not, own that. If you make a mistake in your job, own it. A lot of people want to push the bug, blame someone else. They don't want to take on the responsibilities for things that are a result of their action. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important that in every aspect, relationships, be accountable for your actions. Mm. You know, I would like to second that on what you just said. It's very important to be accountable for your actions, you know, accepting and appreciating the growth and being in a moment to actually understand that is very important in just life in general. It, it, it applies in all aspects. So I really, I'm, gl- I'm really glad you shared that. And I hope anybody out there listening to this can kind of learn something from that, understand the importance of accountability. Because I asked you the question, um, why do you feel like you're, different from anybody else and you said it's your sense of experience and awareness of how to be accountable to yourself and for anybody else listening out there i hope you guys can understand what she means by that yeah that's the first person you have to hold accountable we focus on other people but i always ask people you know in therapy i hear you talking about a whole bunch of other people doing things yeah (laughs) i said but i need to need i need to know what have you done Mm -hmm. because is this really just a one-way street i'll ask that question and most people know me well enough that it's not to be critical. It's about examining where you are. Yeah. And I always the tell sense people, of self. Sense of self, yes. And accountability is huge in even how you allow other people to love you, treat mm-hmm. you. I always tell people, never expect someone to read your mind. We teach people how to love us, how to treat us. So when yeah. someone doesn't do something that you don't like, don't make the idea like they should have known. Who said they should have known? Did you tell them you didn't like that? Mm-hmm. It's interesting because that takes people aback. Like they're thinking, I, I don't feel loved, but then they talk to the person who they feel like is not giving enough love. And this person goes, well, I don't understand. Every time you've needed me, I've been there. Mm-hmm. But that person needed something more than just in their time of need. They were on two different pages. That is as well said. The sense yeah. of self. Um, so the next question I have for you, it's uh, more kind of pertaining to you as a person. Um, you've, you have some great experiences and some great knowledge and wisdom to share. Um, but do you have like an understanding of the essence of like your existence and like your purpose and your passion? Like what matters to you? I, I think I've, definitely. But I always feel like that's something 
that you always have to keep in front of you because it's really easy to lose yourself in mm -hmm. things in life, your job, you know, your relationships. I always try to like keep in tune with who I am. And I always tell people we're constantly evolving as individuals. Whenever someone wants you to remain fixed or muted, ask the question, is it because it makes them comfortable or does it make you comfortable? We mm -hmm. are allowed to change and become the better versions of ourselves, which doesn't mean you discard the old you. It means you're evolving. You grow. Experience should help you to grow. So I always feel like I'm, I always say, everybody struggles with cognitive dissonance. I'm still doing it. And I'm a therapist and I do it. We can always feel internally conflicted. I mean, it's just, but the thing is, do you see it? Do you realize it? And what do you do with it? So I'm always, I always say I'm a work in progress. I feel like things I've learned about myself in the last year probably were like, wow, I just, I didn't think that, but okay. It's a growth point. You never stop learning. I feel like I never stop learning. Yeah. I, I definitely agree on that. Cause that's a question I usually ask myself, but also as I'm asking it, I think it to myself and I'm like, I feel like I'm always evolving and building on the character and the growth that I have from the growth of yesterday to today and hopefully leads to tomorrow. Constant evolution of, the character trait and I feel like that's that kind of does allow and drives me into like you know finding a purpose and a passion and it mm -hmm. answers the question to me what matters to me and why um and you know like for example some people might say you know they understand the essence of their existence because of family and friends uh some yeah. people might say they understand the essence of their existence because you know monetary purposes yes um or all these you know systems they have around them but at the same time it still has to kind of lead back to the individual unit you as a person and actually figuring out how do you evolve into, into these different systems. So I'm really glad you touched upon that, um, which kind of leads me now into the next question, because since now you, you, know, you have these experiences and you've evolved yourself into a person, um, are there like any works or like publications, projects or content that you're like, you know, proud of, you feel like are, uh, you spoke about you being a sports fan and also having, um, a podcast and being a licensed therapist apart from that uh is there anything else that you're like you have that you currently go, got going on you know it's it's interesting because it, like for instance I, I was saying i own a sports talk app we're about to actually roll that into like a bigger platform wow um, nice you know it's going to go from being an app that you, you know get in app stores to actually being available like on tv so it's just this you know it's a lot of work um, but again, it's where my passion is. It's, it, it's not like it's making me monetarily wealthy because I don't believe that things of value have any dollar amount tied to them. I don't mm -hmm. believe You not put the value, you, you create your own value for them. You, exactly. And it's, it's different for everyone. I do not scrutinize people who feel that everything has to have, you know, if it's about, if it doesn't make a dollar, it doesn't make sense. I mean, okay, some things that does actually apply, but I don't let that be the thing that I lead with and making a decision. Now I'm not gonna do something that's a detriment to myself, but mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, money is not a driver for me. So that project is going to be huge. And I'm like really excited about that. Um, it's a can you, uh, can you like expand more and like tell people how they can, I, I guess. Actually, I can't have... because by the time someone maybe hears this, it'll be out there. So like I said, we are a sports talk app. Um, something that we decided to do because we wanted there to be more minority voices heard in sports radio. Mm. Um, it's very landlocked. Um, there's very few women. Like I said, I worked for, I guess, you know, I could probably pull that accomplishment out because people think that's amazing. I used to work for the score, um, mm. which is a CBS radio station to even be a woman in sports talk to have a show is yeah. almost unheard of. So I guess 
that's a big accomplishment, but it didn't for me. I was like, well, why not? <laughs> you know. So I don't know. I, 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 I don't see it that way all the time, but other people, they do. And that's actually where I got a lot of followers from initially. But so we decided to create the Sports Zone Chicago. And our goal is to expand it around the country, so to speak, like Sports Zone, you know, Phoenix, and just kind of pull these voices in because there's a lot of people really that are good at this. They really are, but they would never get the opportunity to do it because they're only limited jobs. So that's yeah. why Sports Zone Chicago. So it's an app that's available and it's free. Like, you know, iTunes, you name it, you can find it. Um, What's the name of it again? Sports Zone Chicago. Okay. So it's anybody can access it anywhere from in the nation. Yep. Anywhere, anywhere in the nation. It's like, you just go to your app store, you download it. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. Um, and our shows are on there and there are like um, several live shows. Every show can be, you can go back and watch it. It's, it's archived. So we had an opportunity to then take the talk to another level. So we're starting out with, we're going to be a channel available on Roku. Mm, um, wow. That's, then, that's big time. That's big time. Yeah, it's kind of, like, it's kind of exciting. It's like, oh, this is super cool. Let's not mess this up. No. <laughs> nice. Uh, but, you know, like I said, we're, we're small. I mean, we are, we are the driving engine, the owners. Like, we're not this huge company. Who knows? That could change sooner or later. Yeah. But, but we're still at the, at the heart of what we do. So um, it hasn't rolled out yet. Um, the goal was going to probably be April 1st. So if you have Roku, like sometime after April 1st, just it's, you go into the app store because Roku is a streaming device um and you just would you can add anything you want to your tv so you would just go and then to their app store you put sports zone chicago our app pops up you just download on your tv and that's that and you can watch live shows when they're live or you can go back and watch the archive things awesome i can't wait to see it on roku and for everybody out there listening i hope you guys are paying attention it's called sports zone chicago Mm -hmm. um go out there and uh, check it out and uh, let your voices be heard it's very important yeah. It's the only thing we have. So it's true. And you know what? Um, people always wait for people to create opportunity for them. That's not the way yeah. it works. Create your own opportunity. Like I said, we wanted to have a different platform to, to talk sports. Yep. And it was the best thing we did because it, it, it tr- attracts a ton of people. They're like, you're saying things that this is how I'm thinking about it. I'm not thinking about it the way they're saying on the radio because that's a very specific demographic and I'm not damning anyone. But mm-hmm. some people just didn't feel very connected to the talk and when those pieces were put on air they were pulled away ah i see i see wow it's very interesting this is i feel like this is a really great platform uh i'm really uh happy to hear that you uh got this going on Mm -hmm. so um, i'm really looking forward to seeing it get established and uh making an impact in terms of giving people the voice in terms of the sports uh realm so it's really good um in terms of so let's i guess you know the whole platform is city staying true to yourself it's more about you as a person so the next question i have now um how would you describe yourself in like three words i would say i am eclectic collectic eclectic oh Um, eclectic eclectic Uh, i'm people i'm not the person who believes if i like this i can't like that i don't believe Mm -hmm. that i like i can like anything i want (laughs) but you know people Mm. people tend to think in terms of dichotomies like if you're this you must be that i'm only like that with baseball (laughs) (laughs) someone's like didn't she just only white socks no no cubs (laughs) yeah i'm very decisive about that but generally speaking i'm always open to hearing new things learning new things i don't think that i do everything right and someone can maybe do it better so why not be open so i'm always doing different things like someone's like i'm kind of confused how you like classical music but then you're over here listening to this (laughs) that's me 
I'm just like, mm. it's just a passion. Like, yes, I love a 69 Barracuda, but I'm going to buy me a Tesla. Just totally. Uh, I'm all so over you're, So yeah. you're, you're like a, a mixture of, of courses and stuff. You're just into that. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, it's, I haven't yes. heard people, uh, I haven't really heard that uh, word used before by, by someone in terms of them describing themselves. That's, yeah. that's very right. interesting. So that's uh, uh, that's one word. Yeah. Any other word. words? I would say I'm a very. I'm gonna. This is. I'm sure this is a word. I'm just making up. A purposeful person. That's, no, that's the word. That's the word. <laughs> you know, um, I I really am to a point in life where I really try to do things with purpose. Put people in my life that have good purpose. Mm -hmm. um, surrounding myself with things like that's important. I I don't I don't think we should waste any more time in our lives than we should on things that don't matter that we don't, we aren't passionate about. And sometimes you may have to do something that isn't all about you. Because if you're a balanced person, you're going to strike a balance because you have other people in your life. So it may not always be, you know, something that totally is like exciting to you, but if it makes somebody else in your life happy and it has value for that, then you do it because you seeing them happy should make you happy. Um, so, but most things I do, I do it with a pure intention and purpose. I can't imagine going, you know, if I'm blessed with another 50 years, because I just turned 50, um, Congratulations, big time! I know, yeah, right? Big five zero, half a big century. Half a century. That's what I said. <laughs> like, so if I happen to get fifty more, I want to make sure I really use them well. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, so moving things with purpose. I'm a very purposeful person. Oh, and a third word. Um, I would say I'm genuine. Pretty much what you see. Genuine. Is, okay. What you see is what you get. <laughs> and I'll be the first to say I am not everybody's cup of tea. But by the way. That's okay because maybe for whatever reason they don't particularly care for me doesn't matter. Especially if you've never done something to someone and they just don't like you. Yeah. I don't waste that's bad energy. I'm like, I don't, I don't care if that person doesn't like me. I didn't do anything to them. So maybe there's just something about my personality doesn't resonate with them. And we've all maybe have said something about that person that just doesn't sit right with me. We've we've all, you know, yeah, we have, have that energy. And sometimes that's not a bad thing. <laughs> your intuition, you know, your spidey senses are going off like, hey, you know, danger, Will Robinson. But yeah, I'm very genuine. What you see is what you get. Wow, that's fair. Uh, you know, they're very interesting. It's a very interesting palette to have. Um, so on the platform city, right? Uh, when I started it, I used to uh, feature people either like as a developer or pursuer, and in terms of like you know what people feel like they kind of re uh, resonate with more. So in terms of you, would you do you feel like you're you resonate more as being a developer or a pursuer? See, here is, here is, here's me being Maya, seriously, both, because there's going to be a time uh, in your life when you I might, know, that's, be, that's snaps you might to be, that. that's snaps to that. You might be a developer at some point. You, yeah. that, that might be the purpose you have is to develop something. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And then in another point, you may be pursuing something else that somebody else has created, but you see value to that and you want to incorporate that into your life. So you're pursuing something. So mm -hmm. I think depending upon where you're at in life or what the situation is, you might be a developer at one point. Um, if you think about it in your, when we're younger, we're probably more pursuers in life when we're like in our twenties and, you know, until we can get established and begin to develop things differently for ourselves. Yeah. So I, I just think it depends on what it is. And I'm like a little bit of both, which I think That's, is a, it's a good balance for your energy. <laughs> it is. I, I think it's a, something that it's a, it's a good balance to have uh that's a question i ask myself sometimes because i find myself pursuing different things but then at the same time when i pursue it i find myself also yearning to develop something mm -hmm. like for example i can have you know great interest in the subject of economics and as i learn more about it the more now i want to develop from the knowledge that i've gained so mm -hmm. 
I'm glad you said that because um, some people I've asked before, they usually just, you know, they choose one side or the other. Um, but some people actually before they said, I, I, I resonate with both, which is all right, because, you know, you're not allowing you're not confining yourself to just one specific definition. You're allowing yourself to kind of expand. Um, kind of holding yourself accountable to, you know, the experiences that you have and how you can build from them. Mm-hmm. Appreciate yeah. you for uh, sharing that. Yeah, um, thank you. So next thing is this is kind of a more, um, it's, I guess, just interesting question is, uh, like, what is a funny story your family tells you uh, that you'd like to share? About me or just like a funny story? Just like a funny story. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> my mom, I'm an only child for my mother. And it's always funny when people meet me, they're just like, oh, Maya, I'm like, yeah, what did my mother say about me? Um, but she always tells this story about when I was a kid, how I just was very imaginative. Mm-hmm. Um, there was nobody else really around me. And she was like, Maya went out into the yard and found like seven or eight wa- rocks and washed them, painted some and gave them all names and would have a conversation with them. Wow. <laughs> I was like, will you please stop telling people that story? She goes, she tells, no. she tells it all the time. And I'm just like, she goes, no. She goes, but the conversations you were having were very good conversations. She goes, I listened to some of them. <laughs> you were talking to rocks. I was talking to rocks. And now, by the way, the rocks were not talking back. But, you know, oh, wow. it's, so- it's, it's the imagination of a child. It's just uh-huh. you, you create something when there's nothing. So there were no kids for me to play for, play with at the time. So opposed to just sitting now mind you this is before video games and all this stuff where you can engage in different ways um i'm from the era where you encourage kids to go outside and play <laughs> so <laughs> i like get up from in front of the tv and go play you know and so i would go outside and play and that was just one of the things i would do i would just i have no idea where i got the idea from why i even did it you know i was yeah. like i actually forgot about it till she brought it up i was like what i was like oh oh yeah i kind of do vaguely remember that hmm I don't recall having any imaginary friends, though, FYI, just me talking to rocks. I guess I thought back then I was going to be a podcaster in training. I was just (laughs) I was learning how to talk and have no one talk back, but still learn how to be engaging. Uh, That's a funny story. You know, the the imagination is kind of like the golden pathway to to like everywhere. You know, you have to imagine first and kind of get yourself in that realm to kind of get to where you want to go. So that's actually a very funny yeah. story. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you something. It can get you through tough times. You know, it really can. You're willing to think outside the box like, well, you know, that's just, yeah. So that would be okay. the story that gets told that I, now that I've shared with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, so now everyone knows I was talking to rocks, right? <laughs> um. Do you have like a favorite holiday movie? Like, what is your favorite holiday movie, and what does that like say about you? Um, I don't really have a favorite holiday movie. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, I, I've seen all the you know everything you could see holiday wise, but I, I don't have that kind of nostalgia. Now, when it comes to movies, now you're gonna be like, "That's your favorite movie." <laughs> don't laugh. Um, I have a listing, and to me, there's no order of importance because each of these films are just different to me. Um, but as a kid, I was, okay, I'm, I'm a Star Wars fan like everybody else, and Empire Strikes Back is the best of the three. I'm sorry, just for, for people who want to argue that. Empire I, heard there's a, I heard there's a new Star Wars coming out. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Disney now has taken the idea of let's put everything on Disney+. Plus. It's yeah. a great idea because they're really fleshing out storylines. So, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi is not actually going to be in the theaters. They're just going to put it on Disney+, Plus, like they've done with the Book of Boba Fett. But ah, so I, was, I, I was a huge Star Wars person. Um, but Sounds like a monopoly to me. <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, yeah, it is. I don't know if Lucas had any idea 
um, when he sold it, he made money. So it's not like he didn't make money from it. But one of my all-time favorite movies, which I think it was probably me tuning into my understanding of social commentary, Planet of the Apes, the original. Hmm. I, I don't think I watched that one. I think I watched the more recent one. Oh, yeah. I mean, but that's that, interesting. Yeah. Um, the commentary to that. I could see it even as a kid. I was like, clearly, I know they're not using people in the storyline, but I think I, I get what they're saying. Um, so I was a huge Planet of the Apes. My mother didn't understand that. She's like, I have no idea hmm. like, why okay. you're, like why you're enthralled in this. Yeah. Uh, but then like, I love things like the Shawshank Redemption. Oh, okay. You know, the color. Again, you see how I'm all over the place with movies? Yeah, like Star Wars, but then I'm over here like in the Shawshank Redemption. It's like the word you said, eclectic, you know? <laughs> a, mix know. Of cor- a mix of different things. Yes, I always say, well, I'm pleasantly quirky. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, I think about that. I'm, I always think, like, what is, like, if I was to choose a, like, a favorite movie, like a holiday movie, I, I don't know if I would have one, but I would say the genre would have to be like a rom-com. Like, I, I don't know why, just rom-coms is just... They're just interesting to me, like any type of rom-com, because they're they either corny, cheesy, they can be terribly acted, but still funny, and just right. the storyline yeah. is just always just interesting, like anything like that kind of just grabs my attention. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I mean, when I think about, I mean, I probably have seen every holiday movie that there probably is to a degree, I mean, you can't get away from them. National Lampoons will always work for me. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> funny. Um, but, I like... Yeah. Uh, the Alvin and the Chipmunk series to me is pretty funny. I don't know why. It's just having you have Chipmunks like uh, during Christmas, like what? It's, it's I always look at how everything is recycled. So you know the Chipmunks, yeah, forever. Um, and I'm just like, wow, they made a comeback. It's kind of it's like Scooby Doo. I was like, Scooby Doo is making a comeback. Okay, it's interesting. Which tells you when you when you make something of quality, it's mm-hmm. time, it's timeless. That's why it's worth. And I, and people should see themselves. The work into you, you put into you can make you something that that's your legacy. It's what people mm-hmm. remember you for, you know, and think about the great things we remember. It's the work that people put into it. You know, it's, it's funny. It's great that you said that because it kind of helps me pivot to the next question that I have. Um, if you could like have coffee with, you know, any historical figure, who would you choose? Oh, when people ask that, I'm like, geez, this is so hard. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the cheat answer because I used to always say, someone like Da Vinci or Ben Franklin or Tesla. But I've decided I would just have coffee with Jesus because he knows everything. (laughs) Okay. I I can just ask Jesus about it. A couple questions about Ben Franklin. (laughs) And we're having Tesla's, his research that went missing from his room when he died. (laughs) So I'm just going to go right to the source. I'm going to just talk to Jesus. You have access to all the 12 disciples and you know, yeah, that's, that's, that's an interesting what, choice. That's that, a good choice, actually. I'd ask the wrong question too. Like what was really going on with Mary Magdalene? And everybody, <laughs> everyone will get mad at me. What do you, <laughs> we'll get mad yeah, at me. I think there's something going on here, but okay. Anyway. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know who I would choose for that. That's, that would be, that's a very hard choice. It is because there's, very there's hard a choice. lot of amazing historical people. Yeah. So, to only have one, it'd be like, it'd be cool. Like if now, if you give me like a surplus, like if you said for every year I've been alive, I could have a conversation with someone famous. That would be doable because I could put That'd together be, 50 oh, people. Okay. Yeah, that would be, that would be great. If yeah, I, I would say that would take too long right now. <laughs> no, no, no. Yes, that's what, yes. <laughs> no, but, but I told you a couple of people, I, I love science. So yeah. um, I would definitely talk to, and I'd probably throw some people in there that people would be like, 
you would talk to that person. I'm like, yeah, because I wonder what they were really thinking. I would sit down and talk to somebody like Hitler. Like, what? Yo, that's interesting that you say that because I want to know. I want to go <laughs> right to the horse's mouth. I need to know why you thought this was okay. No, really, seriously. You know, I, so I have an interesting question then to ask. Uh, I don't. I'm not. It's, I'm not saying like I agree to it. Or, it's just an interesting conversation. Just think about. Um, you know, Hitler. Yeah, Hitler did do some very horrendous stuff, yes. very problematic stuff. But yes. in terms of him as a leader, do you think he was a? Well, I'm gonna say this: anytime you can convince a nation of people and others to follow you, yes, you are. Have you ever like seen any of his huh. like, speeches? Um, had, had you ever read Mein Kampf? I mean, I'm telling you, people. I don't want the FBI looking for me now. <laughs> well, but, you know, but my thing is, you you'll see historical patterns. It, it wasn't just Hitler. I mean, this be, this pattern of behavior has existed since the beginning of time with many key leaders. Exactly. Were, exactly. We, in our lifetime, we didn't capture it the same way. So when you look at someone like Genghis Khan. Oh, um, wow. Interesting. It's, it's it really, but the world didn't catch what you were doing because we only can read about it. Leadership is different now because we can record everything and we can go back and we can pull it apart. But there is there is a personality type to people like that. Um, Napoleon doesn't get, mm-hmm. you know, villainized the way, you know, he could, um, you know, so it's it's interesting. But you know what? I'm going to tell you something. And I watched his pattern of behavior and I saw it in somebody else. And I said, see, people don't think this stuff can happen again. Yeah, that's true. But it, but it can. That's why you got to pay attention because history does repeat itself. It, <laughs> was like, it really does. It really and, does. Uh, you don't believe me? Why do you think January 6th happened? Oh. <laughs> you don't want to get and, it, and it's interesting to think about it. It's interesting to think about it because, you know, you had one person galvanize or rally up all these people. So you have to kind of question and think about, is he actually being great? He was able to get all these people to kind of come to congregation and agree on something, to do something. Something bad. I mean, it, people got hurt. People died. Yeah. But now you have to, like, think about it. It's like, yes, what happened was not, you know, morally maybe not correct. But the person who was able to do it, their leadership skill and their leadership approach was effective in a way. It was very effective. And it, I told people, I said, he's going to get elected. Oh, yeah. He's I running that. for... Trump's running again for 2024. We'll see how that goes. I mean, that's, that whole impeachment thing was important. But I told people, I said, he's going to, I'm like, he's going to get elected um, because Hillary failed to do what she needed to do, which was just make Bernie Sanders her running mate. And then she would have won. <laughs> but see, when people get too full of themselves, this is what happens. So I'm like, and I told somebody, I said, this is about to be the worst four years because I, the way he was speaking to people, he was, I, I tell people this all the time. I said, but this is why for well, as a country we have failed epically because he said to people what they were feeling. And I said, you know, look. Ex- yep, he was able to point, give people. At a certain people... point in time, you have people who are just, and when I say this, don't take this the wrong way. I'm just, I had, I had conversations with people that I was shocked. I was like, oh, wow. And that's when I had to mute certain things with people. I'm like, because I do like you as a person, but you just said a couple things that I think is really often love field. But again, that's your belief systems. It's not for me to change your belief systems. But he said things that resonated. You have a whole underbelly in this country. And I'll, and I'll say this, I have tons, and I'm not saying this, like I hate when people say this, I have tons of white friends. <laughs> I don't know when people say that, but I don't mean it that way. I've always grown up in a very multicultural environment, even mm-hmm. as a kid. So I've always known all kinds of people. So to me, I don't get caught up in that. But the thing about it is I've been in conversations where I think people forgot I was sitting there sometimes. 
I was like, did they just forget I was sitting here? But okay. Right. But there is a section of this country that feels ostracized and marginalized. They feel like too much is being given to others and we are being left behind. And the thing about it is I can understand that because we've never bothered to fix the problems, to have real conversations and like fix the systems. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we keep making the same mistake because we are, we're failing to really be honest about, look, yes, I just said this to somebody today. I said, you know, America is a fledgling nation. And I said, the world is watching us make mistakes, but don't, don't miss for one second. Other countries made equally bad mistakes. It just wasn't recorded the same way. Mm-hmm. Everyone's watching us make bad mistakes and, mm-hmm. and showing us. I said, but we're a very young country. What might happen in the next 500 years could look entirely different. Yeah. And I keep in mind that if someone feels marginalized, you got to ask them why. And stop saying you don't have a right to feel that way. You don't get to tell people how they should feel. Yeah. And that the thing is, Trump just said all the things that that marginalized group was thinking. And then he <laughs> managed to sweep some other people in the group, which kind of confused me. But I was like, but that just shows you he had mass appeal. And to me, that was a dangerous thing. Yeah, I think his uh, he was able to kind of lay the groundwork on letting like ha- making people have to choose a side. Like you couldn't be in the middle. You had to choose a side, either on this side or the other side, one or the other. I think that's kind of what he kind of did a really good job on um, in his mass appeal is he was very intentional. He had a very big mass appeal and he said, this is how I'm going to go. And if you mm-hmm. ride with me, you come along. If you don't, you're on the other side of the spectrum. I'm going to tell and you that's... something. Some people were like, they, they financially thrived under him. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean the, if you look at it, though, economically, the country was not doing that bad when he was it wasn't, president. It wasn't doing that bad. I mean, but he, he took the one thing that we've struggled with and he used it really well. We've really, been, really well. <laughs> we've always been a polarized country. We've yeah. always, there's never, we didn't solve issues. So all he did was tap back into it with a more modern day approach and saying, you are a patriot, not a racist. Mm-hmm. That's and very people, true. People, and people are gonna say, I'm a patriot. I'm like, what are you trying to say about me? I was like, I've done, I mean, it's interesting when you start pulling things apart for people. I said, when you say make America great again, I get a little concerned because what you're talking about probably is not going to fall within my wheelhouse. Yes, yeah, so we do not have the same perspective in terms no, of- No, we don't. Now, if uh, you say make America great, you want to get back to values and morals and you know things that mattered, I'm all for that. But I knew that's not what he meant. I was like, so it was interesting. And I mean, I'm saying, I know people that stopped being friends. I know family members that stopped talking to each other. When I tell you he polarized people, but again, people thought that Hitler-like behavior could never duplicate itself. It did. Slightly did, yeah. It did. And I'm going to tell you, I mean, it's interesting because when January 6th happened, I still think it's interesting how people try to rationalize it like that was okay. I said, no, it it was a certain group of people that can get away with things. I said, so you change the complexion of that and that looks entirely different. I said, so don't try to convince me that I can be in Nancy Pelosi's office, you know, taking her podium, you know, come on. And, and the blatant, like taking pictures of themselves, dummies. Like they, just, <laughs> I guess they thought that wasn't gonna come back. And we're finding more and more things. And actually I feel like it's kind of been squashed a little bit because there were things that came out. There was a Senator that left and he was trying to go out of a back door he left out, but he held the door so some of the people could come in. He, yeah, let, them, wow. he let them in. There's all this stuff that's coming out. And I said, but we're going to act like this didn't happen, right? We're going to sweep this under the rug. Okay. 
but see, that's what I'm talking about, where it's just, we're, polar, we're, we're polarized again. But I said, how about we use this as a time to talk to each other? Let's mm-hmm. start, let's start. Understanding to, each other's perspectives. Yes, like learn to respect everybody doesn't have to like you. My mom told me the first day of kindergarten, everyone may not like you, but it's okay. And I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't get it. I didn't get it till I was much older. Yeah. We have to learn to respect one another. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're, we're failing again, epically. Sure, that's very well said. I believe that's a big thing, I guess, for our generation now to kind of understand or the, the future of our country and the world. It's just the understanding of uh, conversations are very important. You know, communication is key. Um, even though people, you know, they say education is key to success, but com- edu- education is done through communication. So yes, it is. for that to happen, you know, people have to be able to understand and respect each other. So I'm really glad you shared that. I'm really glad you were very open on that. Um, so currently right now, you, you, uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts on what's going on in uh, like the Ukraine-Russia crisis? What's kind of your thoughts on that? This is interesting. So <laughs> it's, it's deplorable. Uh, and I, and it, it bothers me that we're sitting here watching it because the thought is if someone gets involved, it turns into World War III. I'm like, so we're just going to let people suffer? I, it just, it bothers me because, but I get this, this is, this is one of the big powers. So we have to deal with this with kid gloves, though. I don't think everybody's going to start hitting the atomic button. I don't, I'm pretty sure on that because well, yeah, why would, we all have something to lose. The dumbest you know I mean? thing ever. We all have equal weapons. So that's not going to solve the problem. No. Nope. So it's, it's sad, but then this came up and I said, see, I, I knew someone was going to say it. It's not that it didn't cross my mind. So I'm not sure if you know who um, Enos Cantor is. He's a yeah. player. He's a basketball player. Yeah. Yeah. So he was with the Celtics and now he's with somebody else. I can't remember who he's with right now, um, but he changed his last name to freedom. He doesn't even have his last name of Cantor anymore. Yeah. And he took offense. He said, because some of the Celtic coaches were wearing like you, like the Ukrainian flag, support the Ukraine, whatever. And he's like, so why is one purpose, one cause bigger than somebody else? So shouldn't we all be wearing flags for everything? And he felt that it was he's Turkish. He, he, I think he's, right. uh, he's Turkish. Yeah. 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 And he said, he took offense. So he goes, he goes, I'm totally about supporting the Ukraine. He goes, but what about all these other countries that people just kind of go in and do things to, and nobody speaks to. And it's interesting. And I said, well, here you go. You're going to open up a can of worms. <laughs> I said, because, and I totally get where he's coming from, yeah. but I also put that in perspective. And I said, let's be honest. The NBA is not going to really go after anything that's happening in the Ukraine because there's too many ties, like with China and basketball. I said, <laughs> I said, here's a problem. There's a, there's a money trail. Yep. And, I said, and if you follow the money, you know exactly where people's purpose is. Some mm-hmm. people. So I said that they're not going to overly support things for a reason or, or make it really ugly. Um, and I'm looking at it too. We, we have a situation where Brittany Griner was detained. Yeah, that, that was that was shocking news to hear. And I'm like, well, I'm kind of confused about two things. One, I understand someone said, you know, WNBA players don't make money. This is a way to make additional money outside the league, which is sad. But Russia is a very hostile country when it comes to homosexuality. Yes. It's hostile. And I'm like, I'm pretty much, I know I would have been there because I'm a target, you know? She's come and gone from there numerous times. I'm trying to figure out why she didn't have enough sense to throw that vape out, but um, right, you should know, you should kind of know better. Like you should uh, know with the, on, the regulations. Like I'm like, come on, Brittany, yeah. come on. But I guarantee you, she has probably done that numerous times. Uh huh. Yeah. Didn't get, and didn't get stopped. She got stopped this time. I'm like, so now how are we going to handle this? 
And I, I would say, you know, I would tie back to what you said earlier. I guess now it's kind of a more of just accountability and kind of holding yourself accountable to yeah. understanding what's currently going on and uh, being aware uh, in your sense of self and what's around you, your environment, and understanding what's going on. So, yeah, and I, I don't know. In terms of that whole situation, uh, honestly, I it's it's not like it's it's always been like a melting pot, you know, in terms of like you always like something can always go down around there. But for me, I look at it like this. There's a lot of other things also going on in the world. There's a bunch of wars going on mm-hmm. in, in Africa. There's countries are constantly mm-hmm. getting bombed over there. Somalia's getting is getting bombed all the time. You have a whole government in Libya that was just down, Syria, all these things going on. Um, and, you know, for me, it's kind of interesting just to look at it as, as an individual and just looking at it like, okay, now it's like glamorized big in terms of like, you know, World War Three can start because of this. But I feel like we currently have been having World War Three in smaller versions all around the world. Oh, it's just that this one is just kind of more tied to, I guess, big name uh, countries and entities, which now is going to cause that global mass appeal to, you know, considering it the World War Three, which I don't think is something anybody wants to do because nobody wants to hit those buttons oh. and be like, oh, yeah, we're doing this. But you know, it's just it's just interesting. I, I agree. And I'm like, the only country I would tell you that you'd have to use kid gloves on because I think they would start something is North Korea. But outside of that, <laughs> um, yeah, they, he don't know how to play nice. So nah. he bears watching. But <laughs> but beyond that, Russia's not going to send a missile over here because we we all have something. So there, nobody nobody wins. Nobody wins when that happens. You know, yeah. and, I, and I guess it's just, it, it, you're right. It's a big name um, because behind Russia, then there comes China, you know, and for us, you know, and, and it's funny because now we're doing embargoes and we have to realize, like, we get really, if we say, if we, if, if China gets to engage, well, guess what? If we put an embargo on them, you know how many things aren't coming to the U.S.? Oh, yeah, we, oof, it would uh, suffer. Yeah, I mean, so understand, money drives so much of this. Um, this big issue is about, you know, Russian natural gas, which Europe was told a long time ago. The issue is the pipelines. A ton of them run through the Ukraine. I asked somebody one day, I said, I'm exactly confused what, what they're fighting about because nobody really said it. I was like, what are they invading for? Mm-hmm. And it took a while. I was like, I, no one could give me a clear cut answer. And someone's like, you do know at the back end of this, it's about the Ukraine is where a whole bunch of Russian pipelines go through it. And I was energy. Like, it's, it's, a, it's an energy war. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, thank you. I was like, because I'm confused why they just think that you can come back and say, we're going to take you back as a country. It doesn't work like that. And if, if there's ever reason for someone to step in and say, no, you're not, that's a reason. You just can't come in somebody's country and say, you're coming back. Yeah, and then they say a... Russia has some very specific demands. And I guarantee you the demands are going to be something related to the pipelines. I know. It's, it's, it's an energy dispute. You know, it's trying to figure out who can kind of control that. Um... And, you know, it's funny enough, I guess, in the United States, gas prices are skyrocketing high and also inflation is going high. And Right. And I'm like, see, I mean, it's amazing. Like, I, I filled half a tank again, half. It was almost $50, half. I was like, <laughs> wow. like well, until this is over, I was like, my tank is not going under half a tank. <laughs> it it may, even makes it feel like even having a Prius is not even worth it anymore. <laughs> right. You're like, all like, right now, the electric people are like, hey, you know. We're, we're not part of that, you know, more yeah. reasons for us to really consider why we should stop depending on, you know, natural gas and things of that nature. We have to rethink this. It's time. Time to evolve. Time to progress. Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm really glad you, uh, you had a discussion on this. Um, so I just kind of have like, I guess we, as we come to an end, um, just some fun questions for you. Uh, if you could like have one superpower, what would it be? Oh, one superpower. I would be invisible. 
Invisible, why? Because think of all the things you can do because nobody can see you. <laughs> oh, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Sounds like you'd rather be a, a villain than a superhero. <laughs> what makes you think I'm going to be doing bad things? Now, see, why would you think... <laughs> the way you said it, the way you said it, he's like, I'd rather, you know, I'll be invisible just doing things. <laughs> you know? Um, no, I definitely, I don't want to fly. I just want to be invisible because you can do anything you want at that point. Interesting. I thought about this and I feel like I'd rather, uh, my superpower would be... Uh, the art of persuasion. <laughs> I would want that superpower. I don't know why. Like I can just say something that happens. Do something that happens. Just convince. That was, that was, yeah, that was like one of the one of the characters in the Eternals. I yeah, can't remember his name because it's a newer. Though I liked it, that was his power. He could get people to do whatever he wanted. And honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I did not like the new Eternals. It was too long, too boring. It was not appealing. But. The actors were great, but I just didn't. I was not a big fan of it. I was a little bit off, but I did like it. Um, I wasn't a big fan. It gave you the. It gave you the question about Thanos made more sense, but uh, yeah, yeah. it did. It did. It did. I I liked it though. It was different. Um, got a little weird at the end, but okay. Hmm. So yeah. Uh, So a couple more questions. What would you do if you like won the lottery? What would I do if I won the lottery? Um, I mean, how much are we talking? Cause that matters. <laughs> you 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 write your own check. Wow, it'll be some crazy amount. Um, infinite. All right, you just yeah. put infinite. <laughs> That's the ever been. I don't even know what that is. Um, and there's been some big ones. So, um, I would definitely give my two week notice at my job. <laughs> and actually, okay. most people are like, you give. I'm like, yes, I would give a two week notice because I do have, you know, peers that I wouldn't want to be inconvenienced. Mm-hmm. You know, I just wouldn't say I quit. I wouldn't do that. I would give it a two week notice. Um, there are specific people in my life that I would give X amount of money to, but I'm like, look, here's the money I'm giving you. If you spend it all, please don't come back and ask me for more. <laughs> so use it wisely. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I'd give my parents anything that they wanted, um, but I would probably take a year and just travel because um, travel is my passion. I've been to what, 25 countries? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So nice. Yeah, I have a, a travel. I, I, there's so many places I want to go. So I would uh, travel and take okay. some people along, you know, so and relax and enjoy life. Do all the things. I'd give money to charities, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure I would take on quite a few humanitarian type projects for people, too. Hey, my charity is available. Just letting you know if you want the lottery. So here. <laughs> yes. But like, hey, Maya, I remember like, yes. Um, so I would definitely maybe give some endowments to some some um, HBCUs. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. So I, I mean, I'd be generous. I mean, cause you can't take it with you when you die and I don't have any children, so I'm not willing it to anybody. So I, I'd spend it wisely though. Nice. Okay. I don't know what I would do. Honestly, I would probably just, I will go to every country in the world. <laughs> you can, because you can buy your own jet and just fly, you know, yeah, I would literally go to every country in the world, buy a house in each country. Um, and that's that's if I had control in on on writing my own, uh, you know, lottery amount. It's uh, probably what I'll do, and then keep traveling to those countries twice. Do it twice. Do it three times, four times, five times, six times until I can't no more. So are you gonna make, <laughs> are you gonna make it into like a master opportunity to keep making money and turn all those houses you're buying into Airbnbs? Turn them into either Airbnb. charity houses, some of them okay. Airbnbs. Turn some, to some of them make, into make your money, make money museums turn some of them into small businesses turn some of them into either if i can even buy a country i would definitely do it i just saw recently there was a group of guys that 
did a uh, I think it was a they did a fundraiser and they were able to generate enough money to buy a piece of island in the Caribbeans and it's now their own country. They can turn it into their own country. I'm like, wow, that's cool. interesting, yeah. interesting, yeah. interesting. You know, running a country is a lot of work. It is. You got to create a whole structure. You need a whole structure. Yeah, but you can do anything you want. So yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, so uh, last two questions I have is so on a scale of like one to 10 how committed are you to the whole idea of state and truth to yourself aka city like mm-hmm. one to ten if, if your answer is anything shorter than ten you've got some work to do mm, okay what if okay so what yeah. if i'm like a, like a 9.9 no you gotta you gotta be all in you gotta commit but see people who struggle to commit to themselves there's some issues they need to resolve because if you can't find a reason that you are your most important resource and asset mm-hmm so you always have to be in taking care of yourself, staying. And I'll be honest, staying true to yourself, it can, you can lose friends, you can yes. lose family. And you can, I mean, there, there can be a cost. And I'm, I, I don't sell that to people like when you decide to really be true to yourself, it may not resonate with everybody and you have to be okay with that. Yeah. So there can be, you know, some things that you lose in your journey to staying true to yourself. But what you're going to gain, you probably won't miss what you lost. Ah, that's true. All said. So I would say you're, you're, you're 10 out of 10. I'm a 10 out of 10. Okay. Last question. Um, if you were to be quoted on how to stay in truth to yourself, what would your quote be? Oh, gosh. What would my quote be? Hmm. I'd say, you know, stay true to yourself because it's the only you got. <laughs> ah, nice, short and sweet. I like that to the point it's only you you got make the most of it okay cool um well i really appreciate you coming in on the podcast and uh sharing your experience and great wisdom it was a great pleasure having you i look forward to uh your podcast and uh, hopefully being on there soon yes um you'll be on soon when i stop looking like i'm in fight club then i'm gonna give an episode yeah (laughs) i'm looking forward to that i'm looking forward to that and to everybody out there listening, you know, just think about the process to your product, um, you know, the daily mechanics of how you can value yourself in your community um, and also being accountable for yourself. As you know, today we touched upon being accountable, um, valuing yourself in the essence of trusting yourself and uh, maintain. As always, stay in true to yourself, pursue your dream and seize the day. Peace out.